God is with us. I had a struggling beginning of the week and then an awesome today. So I was like fired up. I'm humbled and excited to bring you uh, the message tonight. I realize that it's Wednesday. I realize that it's uh, past seven. <laughs> I realize that uh, this isn't always... Uh, who's ever done Kingdom Kids on a, on a midweek? You're like, oh man, the kids like don't want to be there. They're fried out. They're tired. I think we can all relate to that a little bit. So tonight we're going to be in the Old Testament. We're talking about Jesus. Let's fire it up. I'm going to make it uh, as, as fun and, and dynamic and relatable as I can. Uh, it's going to be awesome, though. When I heard that we were talking about the gospel, I was really inspired uh, to dig into this at some point. And I feel like this is going to be um, something that maybe transforms and maybe we park on some, some aspects of this at different times. But tonight is kind of going to be a brief uh, overview of Jesus in the Old Testament. Who's aware that Jesus came in the Old Testament in, in physical form and likeness before he came as the Galilean carpenter. Do you guys know that? Who knows that? Who didn't know that before I just said that? <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about this. And this is deep waters. These are things, there's, there's, who's ever heard the term Christophany before? Theophany? Before you know. Christophany, before me? <laughs> what is that? So these are terms that theologians use to talk Christophany, Theophany, to talk about God coming, Jesus coming in physical form outside of Jesus, the incarnation, right, when he, when he came to earth as, as the Galilean carpenter guy, and then God, he shows up at different times, and so we're setting the stage, that's where we're going, it's going to be awesome, let's pray uh, before Amen. we get into the word here. <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much for this time, thank you that we have made it to Wednesday, that <laughs> Friday is coming, thank you that every day is a blessing and a gift, um, I pray that you would uh, wake us up right now, Amen. that we'd be able to dig in and... Uh, Help me to speak your words, help me to uh, expand where I should and be brief where I should, and to, uh, to really have you be glorified, God. Thank you um, that you sent Jesus. Thank you that you foreshadow things for our puny little human minds, that you give us progressive steps of, okay, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. Thank you for giving that to us and allowing us to explore you and to really to know you deeper and in greater ways, uh, more and more. God, thank you so much. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So basically what we're going to do tonight is we're going to try to give a brief overview of a broader framework of the gospel. So when we talk about the gospel, I think we can often think of it in this New Testament way, which, which it is. But the message of the gospel started before, right? Before time began. God was, and Jesus was, and yeah. the gospel was. The gospel just hadn't been presented to you yet, to us yet, to, you know what I mean, the people of the time yet. Right. But it always was. The good news always was. And so hopefully tonight we're going to get kind of a, uh, like I said, a framework, a bigger picture view of what that means and how I access that. And, and it's, we're going to, you know, ask the question, well, how, how does that relate to me? How, how do I use that? Because knowledge, knowledge is just knowledge. You know what wisdom is? the application of knowledge, yes. using the knowledge, it's taking the knowledge. Knowledge is just stuff, right? But when we use the knowledge, some cool things can happen. And so hopefully we're going we're gonna to explore that also. How, how do we use these things? How does that give us a deeper understanding of who Jesus is? When we know who he is more, we can really experience him more. We can call him into situations more. And I had a moment this week where something's happened I didn't want to happen, and I kind of just got overwhelmed by I had a funeral to go to, and 
family of origin. Can I get an amen? All this stuff was happening emotionally. And uh, I was talking to someone. They were like, okay, well, next time this thought or this temptation or this you know, feeling happens, you know, who are you going to text? What are you going to do? And I was like, oh, this person, that person. And then I thought, how about Jesus? Like, how about I experience Jesus in that moment? Not the texting people or calling for help. That, that's yeah. good. Those are good things. You just right. give us tools. But the goal more and more is to experience Jesus in those moments, to yeah. go to him for deliverance, for rescue, for guidance, for help, for, you know what I mean? Yeah. To depend on him, to lean on him. And so one of the ways, sometimes, can you be honest, Trevor did an amazing, can we get for Trevor for last year's sermon? That was fired up. So he talked about being honest and saying, I have doubts. And I said, raise your hand if you've ever had trouble experiencing Jesus. Like in a moment when those things come, for me, it's not my first natural inclination most times to be like, I should bring this to the foot of the cross right now. You know what I mean? This, this doubt, this fear, this temptation, this struggle, this whatever it is, I should take this and give it to my risen Lord who has died for my sins and it makes me stand up under it. That's not my first thing. But it can be more and more progressively as I know him more, right? right. So that's the hope for me, for yeah. you. That's why this is important because we want to know him and experience him. So tonight... We're going to explore Jesus, and my hope is that this will make you want to explore him more. You'll be like, fact check me for some, for some stuff. Look at some stuff. Dig in, maybe in ways that you haven't dug in before. Like, that's weird. I never knew that. Or is that true? I've never heard that before. I put up, there's three articles that I share with Glenn that he put on the, the notes section of the app. So those are some really good meaty jumping off points. There's one wiki page that's interesting, and then there's a couple like theological pages that you can kind of use to broaden your experience so know that we're exploring him you should explore him more uh, i should explore him more and as we explore him tonight we're going to talk about jesus's role within the trinity and i think sometimes you say things like that and people are like, oh his role within the trinity it sounds so dry but it's so exciting it's really cool did you know speaking about jesus's role within the trinity and his different charges did you know that there's 50 different names at least and titles for jesus within the bible that's pretty cool. Like some people are like, why? Why the Well, because there's all these different things that he does. There's these different things that he's appointed to do. There's different mantles that he wears. You know what a mantle is? It's like it's it's like more than a title. It's 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 part of his being, what he was created for, what what he lives out in his aspect of the triune eternal God. Pretty neat. So as we think about that, know that that's why and how some of these different appearances of Jesus happen. And when we see him showing up in different places at different times in different ways, it's part of that. It's like, oh, he's filling this you know, part of his destiny. He's, oh, he's, he's being a messenger of this for us right now. He's showing us this. He's illustrating that. And he does it in different ways. And it's really cool. We're going to get into it more. But that's, kind of, that's what we're talking about. Are you in? Are you down? Can we talk about it a little more? All right. So we're going to talk about his roles, his functions, his jobs, his mantles, and his titles. And so um, one of the first scriptures, you don't really have to turn there if you don't want to, but I'm just going to go to Colossians 1 really quick. Some of you know this is like my favorite scripture, one of them of, of all time. And so this is just, I think, a really cool place for us to kind of start as we talk about the roles of Jesus. When I talk about Jesus and I tell you that he came before he was an incarnate man, do you think of him like this? That he's preeminent, that he's the firstborn. So in, in Colossians 1, 15, he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him 
All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. This is important to understand for a lot of different reasons, but tonight we're going to talk about some things. I'm going to tell you that Jesus showed up in places that maybe you didn't know he did, and a first reaction might be, is that true? Is that Sometimes it can almost seem disrespectful to God. You'd be like, well, it says God, but you're saying it's Jesus. Well, it's Jesus' part of the triune God. It's him, God, is saying, okay, for this job, we're going to send our Jesus part out. Jesus is going out. He's going to do this job for us. And there's awesome reasons for that. But do you get, like, it can never be everything was created, both in heaven and earth, dominions and rulers and authorities, all things were made through him, Jesus, and for him, Jesus, right? Really cool. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. That in him everything, and in everything, he might be preeminent. He might be first. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth and, or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Mm. Pretty cool, right? Amen. So that kind of sets the stage that he's, he, Jesus is the boss. Jesus is, yeah. is in all things. He is the first, the foremost. So we're going to jump in. We're going to look at some other scriptures, but that scripture should kind of guide us. And through this whole experience, he is preeminent. He is the first. Everything was made for by and through him, Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm just throwing cards around. Pretty cool. <laughs> so the next thing that I want to talk about is, um, not that, we did that one. <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about is that um, when he appears in different ways, some of the things can, we cannot understand the language. Do you know that language changes over time? And that sometimes there's things in the Bible that are translated, like we're all familiar with the verse in Genesis 3 where it says that God walked in the cool of the day in the garden. It's actually translated wind. It's not, it's not cool of the day. The original word is wind. He walked amongst the wind. But we read it as cool in the day. And I'd say that to say that there are lots of times, over years, are you aware that the text in your 1983 NIV is not the same as your 2018 NIV? And so I say this to say that sometimes we get hung up on words. Well, it says, Charlie, it says angel. It says the angel of the Lord, but you're saying that's Jesus. Well, the actual word angel is a Hebrew word, malach, M-A-L-A-K, malach, right? That word means messenger. The original way that's translated is messenger. Now, over time, and cherub is where we get cherubim from, right, is is the original word for angel. And over time, things kind of meld and weave and, and melt together, and we just become synonymous, and we just say angel. But there are times where it says angel of the Lord, where it's actually meaning the messenger of God, right? Sometimes it's the messenger of Elohim. And we see in certain times that that is Jesus. Jesus is that chosen messenger for that time. And there's really cool, it's not just like, oh, okay, I guess that's plausible. There's cool ways where we can see, well, this is Jesus because of this, and this is not Jesus because of that. And, and there's a lot more there. But you're, you're tracking with me? Yeah. It's pretty neat. So that being said, let's check out an appearance of Jesus before he was the Galilean carpenter man. Let's check it out. Let's go into, you can go there if you want, Genesis 12. You don't have to go there. But what happens is in Genesis 12, he appears to to Abraham, right? And he says to him, this this is one of the things, whenever we see the angel making promises, saying things, being omniscient, 
experiencing. Because there's sometimes where we see messengers of God prophesy, and then we see the messenger of God, the Holy Jesus, being omniscient and, and just knowing everything. And there's, there's ways to, to check that out. But we see this here, that it says, the Lord, he appeared to Abraham and says, to your offspring, I will give this land. And he's speaking as God there, saying, I'm going to give you this land. And we see this relationship, this experience happening between the Lord and between Abraham, right? And then another way is that, so Abraham, how does Abraham respond? We drop down. He builds an altar and worships, worships him, the Lord, there. That's another tried and true way to figure out when I'm seeing this angel of the Lord appearing, when is it God? When is it an angel? You know what I mean? Because we see in Genesis, back in Genesis, we see the angel of the Lord protects the garden with the sword, right? That's, that's not Jesus there. We, we, see, we see it in different ways. But what we see this, he accepts worship. And there's other times where he accepts worship, right? When he comes as the commander of the Lord's armies, again, Joshua falls down, prostrate, and worships him. And he doesn't say, hey, no, no, don't do that to get up. Angels will say that. Angels will not accept worship. We see that with the shepherds, right? When, when they come, they say, fell in the, the shepherds were scared, and they fall down, and they start to worship. And they say, no, 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 don't, don't worship us. We're not God. Don't worship us. So I actually want to dig into Genesis 17.1. I am going to turn there. Whew, it's getting hot up here. This thing, the, the only thing about sweater season is that you wear the sweaters outside, and when you get inside, you're like, why do I have a sweater on, you know? But I haven't got to the point where I wardrobe changes, so. All right. Give me a second here. Genesis 17. So when Abraham was 90 years old, right, we, we see that the Lord appeared to Abraham. He said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. It is God Almighty, but we see as, as 17 goes on that this is, is Jesus, the Jesus part of God Almighty. And so he talks with Abraham, right? And he goes down. I'm going to pick up here in, um, let's see, where is it? So he talks, he talks in verse 6 about making you exceedingly fruitful. I'll make you into nations and kings. And he makes these promises and it's cool that we see Jesus come here as the promise maker. Jesus is making promises and speaking out the destiny of people, of races, of, of tribes and kingdoms. And what we see later on is that um, he, he encounters Hagar, and Hagar is sleeping, right? And Jesus speaks prophetic truth to Hagar and tells her these, these things that, that he knows. He says... Um, the, the truth of what's going to happen to her and her son and how Ishmael is going to be cast out and he's going to be caused to be despised by, by men. He speaks all these truths and she says what to him? She calls him Lord and says, um, you are a God of seeing. I have been seen by God here. And it's really interesting to, to look at that and to, to see, wow, when he is addressed in these ways, and when he is um, when he's brought into that, like she she doesn't say that he's an angel. She doesn't say, you know, oh, it's it's so cool that the Lord sent you. No, I've been seen by God here, you know. And um, I have a note 
here somewhere. <laughs> but it tells us that he, that, that place is, um, is foretold. That's where she will be seen. She'll be known. It's the, the God of sight is there. Yeah, right? I'm <laughs> looking around. Yeah, Sarai and Hagar. So, yeah, 17, yeah, thank you. 16, 1, 17 is, is where we talk about the covenant. and certain things. But So 16, we, we see there um, where, yeah. So behold, right, he, he's telling her in, in verse 11, the angel of the Lord said to her these things, Behold, you are pregnant, shall bear a son, you call his name Ishmael, because uh, the Lord has listened to your affliction. He talks about, like we said, what, he'll be wild, a donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And in verse 13, she says, So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly here I have seen him who looks after me. And, um, yeah, she names the well and where it lies. And we know kind of how that story plays out. But it's really interesting to see um, that, that that's... He's, he's showing up. That's an example of like not, not an angel, saying, saying more, saying omniscient things, not, you know, this is what the Lord says. It's what he said. So um, like we talked about, when it's God, Jesus, he will accept worship. He will accept being called Lord like that. Have you ever wondered, have you ever seen places where it says like, he, you're like, why is, have you ever wondered that? Why is he calling him Lord like this, or why, I've, I've often seen those things where I'm like, why, why is that happening? Well, the reason is because it's, it's part, it, it's Jesus in a different role. It's Jesus taking on um, that role of messenger at that time. We're going to go to Genesis 19.1. Um, well, I don't know if you have to go there, but I'm going to talk about Genesis 19.1, where God rescues Lot. And um, here, we see Jesus again is, is when he encounters God here, he's encountering the Jesus form of God. Um, why is that important? And this, a lot, scholars say this is one of the important theophanies um, because, Christophanies, because we see here Jesus exemplifying like another part of his character, that he's, he is also the wrath bringer, right? Jesus is the bringer of wrath, and he's God's representative in this way of authority and judgment. And so, actually, um, I want to go over to Genesis 22. We're going to park there for a second. So in Genesis 22, um, a little while down the road, we see here, this is the sacrifice of Isaac, right? This is like a pretty big deal. And just like before we saw Jesus representing wrath, here we see him representing redemption and, he, and sacrifice, that Jesus is the, is the ultimate sacrifice. And so, We'll take a little walk in, in 22. So after these things, and these things, it's pretty cool to, to check out like before. These things, is that they just made this covenant, and he just, he just built this altar, right? And so he's committed now, Abraham, to the eternal God. And now we see that tested. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And there he cut fresh wood for the burnt offering. And I like read that. I'm like, Dad, he like, he, no fuss, no, like he didn't like, oh, Lord, what do you mean by this? He just, 
he just went up and did it. And I thought, like, why? Like, why is he so quick to do that? Well, because he had just made the covenant with God. You know, he just made this covenant and, and gave himself and made this pact with the Lord. And that's what prompts his swift obedience here to a seemingly wild request, right? Like a, a pretty crazy thing to do. That's like what the pagan, there's Molech, the detestable god Molech of the Amalekites, right? They burnt their sons to him. And that's, that's like wild. But to see, do you see the parallel there? I was like convicted by this reading this. I mean, like, wow, like, that's a crazy thing that he makes this covenant and the covenant is so strong in his heart that he's willing to do anything. Sometimes it seems like I'm not willing to do anything. You know what I mean? I'm not, like, there's nothing that I want to do sometimes in my flesh, but I have to remind myself of the covenant that I made with God, you know, and that's what prompts me to do these things. So let's skip over to um, verse 15 where we see this further explanation. So he he's already well in verse twelve. You know he, he says, "Hey, here I here I am, Abraham, Abraham." You know, here I am. He called from heaven. He said, "Do not lay a hand on the boy. Or do anything to him, for I know now that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me." And so, as you look into that language, I think, okay, well, here he's saying fear God. He's talking about God. But now he's saying me. And so, as we look at that and dig in there, we see that it is it's it's personhood it's, it's different representation of the trinity it's like okay i am talking as a messenger for god but i'm also god the son you haven't withheld anything from me and that's awesome so abraham called the name of the place the lord will provide and again so we see here the foreshadowing that jesus is the lord who provides he provides the sacrifice right for all of us he he provided the sacrifice then and he provided the sacrifice later. You know what I mean? It's all, it all kind of builds on itself. And he says, like, in a law, we have precedence. You know what I mean? Well, there's a precedent. And it's, this can happen because this already happened. And that's what we see here is that later on, these things happen. The bigger story unfolds. And he says, remember, like, I showed you. I laid this out. I, I, I told you this was happening through the things that have already happened. And he reveals himself to us progressively. So I got a little hemmed up earlier. We're not going to be able to get through everything that I wanted to get through. But one thing that I do, there's, there's a lot. There's, there's so much. He shows up in the burning bush in Exodus. Um, Genesis um, is littered with a couple more times. He comes, Jesus comes in physical form. In 2 Samuel um, and 1 Chronicles 24 and 21, again, the notes are, um, are online. And my note cards aren't shuffled then, so you'll see them in the the right order there. Um, We see God's punishment being meted out again through Jesus. Jesus was the messenger that brought wrath on David for the census. We see that again um, there. But over in Daniel 3, um, I want to go there, and I want to talk about some three awesome guys. What are their names? Yeah, right? Or if you watch VeggieTales, it's Rackshack and Benny. Ever seen that one? Just pretty fired up. But yes, Meshach, Radshack, and Abednego. This is another instance where we see Jesus in, in a physical form-ish, right? <laughs> Ish. Um, before he comes as, as Jesus the carpenter. But what we see again is a progressive showing of, of the different... Uh, Titles that, that Jesus wears, roles that Jesus fills, and this time we see him as a rescuer, as someone who delivers his people, as someone that when, when the trials come and the fires come, both literal and, and figurative, Jesus is there to rescue. 
And we really see this here. Nebuchadnezzar says it later on. He says, oh, wow, you know, that these men yielded up their bodies rather than serve or worship any other god. And he makes a decree saying that, you know, this is the Lord that has to be worshipped because he delivers his servants who trust in him. And that's like the takeaway that, that we should take from almost all of this is that God, Jesus, delivers his servants who trust in him. And as we get to know him more, as we explore him more, that's like the conviction that it should be building in us is that he, he came in the Old Testament with a very consistent message. Maybe some of it didn't seem consistent because my cards got shuffled up. But when you, when you read it out and you study it, you see that it is progressive and that God reveals himself in a very, very interesting and cool and connect-the-dot way. And so when we look at it from a, from a bigger picture, you know, when you ever, like, take the, take the view out, you know, like, oh, wow. You know, sometimes we're so close that we can't see it. When we zoom out... And we see, wow, like this is, a, this is, like this is, this is what the big picture looks like. This is how the dots connect. And we see that, yeah, there's, there's one God. He has different forms, but he has this, this cohesive message throughout all of Scripture and all of time that he delivers his servants who trust in him and that he has wrath and that he also has great love and he has mercy and goodness. And that's, as we look at the gospel and we think about the good news, that's a huge part of it is that he the good news is so special and so important that he's been telling the story forever and he's been telling it in different ways and he's been telling it um you know the whole time you ever like you know like it's like we can't almost handle it you can't handle the truth you can't handle the truth mm-hmm. sometimes if we got the whole thing all at once it's too much for us you can't have a baby you can't just give a baby steak you know what i mean oh my goodness little avon here's a porterhouse you can't, it's not how it works, you know what I mean? But first there's colostrum, and then there's milk, and then there's mush, and then there's, you know, little bits of food, and then there's the porterhouse one day, if that's your thing. If it's not, there's tofu house or whatever. No, there's lots of other things. But there's deep things and mysteries that aren't revealed to us right away, you know what I mean? We have to kind of work for it and see it and say, oh man, like, it is, like, it's so cool to say, oh my goodness, that's Jesus. This God I'm seeing is Jesus, and, and there's a reason that it's Jesus. And, and work those things out for yourself. Like, like why, why is it Jesus, and why is it not an angel here? And what does it say about God and about his holistic message that he would send Jesus to reveal that, you know? And I think that, like, the big takeaway for our lives is, like, wow, like, if we see this message in the Bible that it's kind of, <laughs> it's Jesus, 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 right? He's the messenger of the Lord. It's like, where is he in my situation? Where is he in my right now? And how do I tap into him yeah. and his message for, for this moment? Because yeah. the same way, like, if that's what we're talking about, the Old Testament and the New Testament, too, it, it's the same thing. It's all these parables and all these stories are the bits that come together yeah. to create the stake that we need to, to sustain our, our lives. And when we get to, you know, First Peter, and it said, do these things in increasing measure so you'll never fall, it's, it's progressive. It's these little bits. It's these little nuggets that we put together, put together, put together that form the big picture for us. When we talk about the gospel, I think it's helpful sometimes. We don't want to get bogged down in things, but, you know, when, when it's not helpful, it's not always helpful, but I think that when we do this deeper study and we see, wow, like Jesus 
like I said, has been telling the story the whole time, doesn't it kind of make you, it makes me like, wow, like that's so neat. It, it makes me want to, to learn more and to, to almost like listen more. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, like, oh, wow, it's bigger than I thought it was. It's more than I even know. And he, he gives me, Francis Chan has a really interesting thing he says one time. Have you heard this about if, if God is all the oceans and, and all the world, all the water that exists, and my mind is a soda can, God is not what I can fit in the soda can. You know what I mean? And so what, the, you heard that? So the thing is that we have to keep on dumping out the can and filling it back up, dumping it and filling it back up. And we get, I think, over time, a broader understanding, you know, of all the entirety of who and what he is. And sometimes we just need a little bit of it. Oh, man, like that's so great to know that he's Jehovah Jireh, the, the Lord provides. It's so great to know that he's Jehovah Rapha, you know what I mean, the, the Lord heals. Like there, there's all these different, again, names and, and uh, titles, offices that God has given to, to Jesus and that God embodies himself that are applicable to us in their entirety, but in different times and for different specific reasons. And so it's pretty cool for me to look at this and to see here that, you know, Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. It gives this urgent command and says, you know, they won't worship me, throw them into the furnace. And I think there's so many times in my life where it's like things seem really urgent, right? You know what I mean? And people are pressing and the world has all these urgent, like, demands of you and requirements of me. I can just feel like, oh, I just better better do it. I just better do this thing. And later I'll, I'll confess or I'll talk or I'll, I'll stop later and, and figure it out and see like where I'm wrong, what I can do the next time. But the message I think to take from, from this that I'm seeing in this text right now is like, no, like what we have to do is know that there's a fourth man when we think there's only three. You know what I mean? He's right there with us. And he wasn't there like, don't worry, guys. <laughs> if you go in, I'll be there. Okay, you hear that? He said if we go in, I'll be there. They just went in, and he was there, you know? And that was Jesus, and that Jesus is there for you when you can't see him. But the people in your lives that are pressing in on you and want to destroy you or, or command things of you, when you trust in Jesus, because you've read this, because you know his character, you know that he's there for you, you've seen that message, you know, convincingly, cohesively through the scriptures, and you go into that furnace, then you allow the testimony to be seen and for Nebuchadnezzar to say, holy cow, there's a fourth man in there and he's shining like a son of God. And then it's like a crazy, it's ridiculous what he does. This, this evil man who was making, killing people because they wouldn't worship him, it's like, yo, everyone has to worship this guy. He, he, he completely changed because of the example of these young men because they knew God. And a lesson for another day is to study out how they knew God and that when you go through the Chronicles, you're like, this is a wicked king, this is a bad king, and this is a good king, and this is a bad king. You see that God raised up a noble king, and they grew up under him and learned his ways, and that the high places were torn down, and that they were able to experience God because of one righteous king's example and turn the country back. And then, because of that, they were able to stand, and they were able to say, I'm all sad, I'm not worshiping you, I'll go, I'll die. And then we see Jesus say, no, you won't die. You'll live, and you'll live because of me. And that's the message that Jesus sends to us. So there's, there's so much more. <laughs> there's so much that I didn't talk about the way I want to talk about. There's so much more that we haven't even been able to, to hit on. I think there's other things that we can camp on um, other days. But one thing that I did want to point out 
is that of the two, if you go to your concordance, and the 213 times that angel is used in the Bible, about one-third of those refer to Jesus and his Christophany state. You know, that's the, that's the messenger that it is Jesus. And so what's the point of all this? What does it all mean? My, my closing remarks, my conclusion for this part of this discussion <laughs> is that Jesus wants to be known deeply, and we see that because he reveals himself consistently and progressively to us. And isn't it amazing that God like, made that available? God's like, listen, we're all, I'm God, I have three parts, but this, I'm going to make this part available to you in this way, and this part's available to you in that way. But this Jesus that he made available to us is, is wanting us to explore him, is wanting us to know him, is showing himself to us time and again in different ways. And he's saying, like, explore me, know me, so you can experience me. So these ways I show up in power to rescue, to save, to glorify myself, I can do that for you and through you. You know, when we go back to Colossians 1 and we see that that Jesus, the creator of the universe, Jesus, is here to be kind of poured out in and through us. And it's like humbling to think about, like, in my workplace, in my marriage? Yes, in those ways, Jesus wants to be glorified, exemplified, shown to others. And we do that more and more as we, as we know him. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like we can only do it to the extent that we tap in, you know? And we can't, if you only know one third of, of the power, like you're only going to be able, you know what I mean? You're not going to be like, I should probably tap in because to you the power is limited. But if we learn and grow more and we, and we do the study and we want to really dig in, to the who and the what of the gospel in its entirety, right? The whole Bible gospel, the whole good news, then it's like we progressively learn more of the power. Hey, there's not this much, there's this much. And then one day we'll know there's this much. And then the more we know is there, you know, isn't that true in our lives? The more we want to tap in, the more you know your spouse cares about you. You know, when you first got married, you knew they cared about you, but it was probably, it was a limited knowledge of that. But the more that they forgive you, the more that you experience and walk that road with them, the more you know. You're like, you know what? It's uncomfortable and it's embarrassing, but I'm going to bring this to myself because I know that they love me and care about me. The same way with God. It's like the more we know of him, experience him, explore him, the more we want to want to go and do it and say, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but I know that he's going to show up. I know that he's going to be there for me. And so as we explore the gospel more together in these Sunday sermons and in midweeks, I kind of wanted to bring that aspect to it, that there's, there's so much to be explored, you know, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's one cohesive story about a God that loves us so much, he made himself accessible. He made himself accessible in different ways, and, and he wants to be known, explored more, so he can be glorified more. And uh, let's pray. <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you um, for your word. Thank you for coming to earth um, in different times and for different reasons. Thank you for sending Jesus, the Galilean carpenter, and for sending the commander of, of the Lord's Amen. armies, Jesus. And, and thank you for sending um, men in the desert to, to talk to Abraham. Thank you for, for doing um, so many things. Thank you that Jesus performed so many miracles that they, they, can't, they couldn't fit into all the books and all the world. Thank you for the miracles that you're doing and the people that are here and in me and in Glenn and um, with little Avon. Thank you for uh, just all the miraculous things. Help us to be the people that you
you want us to be more and more as we explore you more and more. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Get up for Charlie again. That was great, man. Um.